The Alien series has had one of the most interesting histories of any franchise. The highs of Alien and Aliens, and the lows of Alien Resurrection and Alien Covenant tell a story of an ever-evolving franchise. Featuring all-time great directors such as James Cameron, David Fincher, and Ridley Scott, the series has always been able to attract top talent. And it's no surprise, given the perfectly cultivated villain of the series, the Xenomorphs. Their stellar design, Life Cycle, Hive Mind, and even Acid Blood all provide enough of a launching point for a surplus of intriguing stories. They are a threat unlike any other, so much so that the fans thought the Xenos were formidable enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a certain other alien creature. Ever since 1979, the franchise has been on quite an interesting journey. Alien is an atmospheric slow burn with parallels to a slasher, with the entire crew being trapped aboard the Nostromo, and each of them being dispatched one by one until the final survivor must confront the deadly Xenomorph that's been taking them out. It introduced us to the resilient Ellen Ripley, who goes from just another crew member to the only one that gets out alive. It's a beautiful and terrifying journey. Aliens turned that tone on its head and decided to go for an all-out action film, with Ripley returning to LV-426 and fighting to survive against not just one, but an entire hive of xenomorphs. We also got to see the lovely bond form between Ripley, Newt, Hicks, and even Bishop. When it came to the third film, one huge question remained from fans. When would we see the xenomorphs on Earth? Seeing what havoc they could cause on a spaceship in a small mining colony, the sheer idea of the mayhem they'd cause in the streets of a metropolitan city was drool-inducing. Knowing this, the producers released a teaser, plainly stating that Alien 3 would be taking place on Earth. That's right, before cameras started rolling and before they even had a script in their hands, they decided to release a teaser that made a promise for the story that they had no clue whether they'd be able to keep or not. On Earth, everyone can hear you scream. Now, scripts came and went, written by a variety of great writers like Eric Redd, John Fasano, and David Twohey. But with the high expectations set by Cameron's aliens, none were deemed worthy. One aspect that had fans chomping at the bit was to find out the fates of Ripley, Newt, Hicks, and Bishop from Aliens. So imagine their surprise when they watched a film titled Alien 3 that featured a prison planet instead of Earth, and instead of following our lovely leads from the last film, they're all killed off outside of Ripley, who is implanted with an alien queen, and therefore living on borrowed time. It's easy to see why so many fans felt ripped off. The behind-the-scenes woes have been well documented, with David Fincher constantly fighting with studio execs regarding the direction of the film. The lack of a proper shooting script is one of the least surprising aspects of the production that involved massive unused sets, constantly scrapped scenes, and a crew that grew more impatient with each passing day. But where did things go wrong? Starting without a script looks to be Suspect Zero, so let's take a look back at the original script for the third film that got producers excited for the franchise's future, William Gibson's Alien 3. When discussing Gibson's script, there is a distinction that needs to be made as there are two prominent versions, and it can get a little confusing. 
The first draft was widely available for many years and is often the script that comes up in Google results. The second draft was much harder to find for many years, but in recent times has been made into a six-issue comic series and is therefore becoming the prominent Gibson draft. Unless you're a massive Alien fan, there's no reason to read the original Gibson draft. I say that because both drafts are very similar to each other, with minor changes that are mostly done to cover up plot holes from the first draft. So while the sequence of events and minuscule details are changed, the overall structure of the story remained. But what on earth did Gibson's drafts entail, and how are they different from the Alien 3 we got? To answer the first question, everything. Everything is different about this script compared to Fincher's Alien 3. There's no prison planet, there's no dead man walking Ripley, and there's no dog Zeno. It is much more in line with the other Alien films than what we ended up getting. One thing audiences hated with Fincher's film was the unceremonious killing off-screen of both Hicks and Newt. Gibson's Alien 3 would have solved that problem while bringing up an entirely new one. Instead of following Ripley, the film would have followed Corporal Hicks and the android Bishop. So, no Ripley. How does that even happen? After floating in space following the events of Aliens, their spacecraft is boarded and precious Xeno material is taken for research. Hicks and Bishop are on a mission to stop Whale and Yutani from using the Xenomorphs as weapons, so they make their way through this massive space station that's becoming increasingly infested with Xenos and try to get rid of every last bit of evidence before the aliens could spread elsewhere. Notice how I'm not mentioning Ripley at all in this? That's because Ripley's hypersleep capsule is damaged in the very beginning, throwing her into a coma for the entire movie. I guess that's better than killing her off screen, but yeesh. If I come to an alien film, I want Ripley. And what of Newt, the little girl that Ripley became surrogate mother of in Aliens? Do they kill her off? Well, practically. She's awakened from sleep just like Hicks, only she's then shipped off to her grandparents on Earth. Because she's like 10. And that's the last we see of her. One of the best aspects of any new Alien film is usually the brief bit of new knowledge we get concerning the Xenomorphs. Or the entirely unnecessary knowledge if you're modern day Ridley Scott. This script is no different, giving us a new source for how the alien can reproduce. While in Aliens, we were able to see the queen lay eggs that would later become facehuggers, and then big bad Xenos. In Alien 3, we would have been introduced to a substance from which the eggs can grow. This makes a lot of sense, given that we often see egg chambers in the series, even when they're in areas that wouldn't make sense for a queen to inhabit. There's another element added to the Xeno mythos that's a little more controversial. Reproduction through an airborne virus. Xenomorphs would release a contagion into the air that would enter the human body and start changing their insides. Eventually, they would turn into a modified xenomorph, ripping the husk of skin away from its body. This was actually a story element that was used in Alien Covenant, and the results were mixed. This seems to take the very interesting and well-thought-out life cycle of the alien and just change it up for convenience. They're already introducing a strange substance that can grow alien eggs, so why add yet another way for the aliens to reproduce? This is the epitome of sequelitis. While the majority of the movie would have just been Hicks and Bishop running from corridor to corridor on this massive space station killing Xenos left and right, the real intrigue comes with the proposed conclusion. 
Gibson's Alien 3 would have ended with a conversation between Hicks and Bishop, where Hicks just wants to move on from the alien scourge and just stay out of their way, practically saying it's someone else's problem. But Bishop says it's not possible because the Xenos will just spread and spread until there's no life left. He proposes that the only way to stop this threat is to go to the Xenomorph homeworld and destroy them at the source. Please tell me you just heard that. That's right, an alien film set on the Xenomorph homeworld. How fucking awesome would that be? The possibilities feel endless. It's unfortunate that we were never able to see this film come to fruition as well as what would have been the sequel. While I personally count myself among the lovers of Fincher's Alien 3, the criticisms of the film are understandable. It's a bleak drama with no likable characters that are treated more as fodder than real-life human beings. There's no one to really latch onto. Even Ellen Ripley, who practically suffers from PTSD during the film's runtime, is a far cry from the badass scene at the end of Aliens. And it's hard to argue that a better version of Alien 3 could have been made. All it took was even the slightest planning. Was that version William Gibson's? It's certainly possible. But I'd say we go with whatever version gets off the current track that the Alien series is on. Because it's been rough going for years, and I can't wait till we just get back to the simplicity of a lone Xeno terrorizing the crew of a spaceship. No silly mythos involved. Because if this franchise has taught us anything, it's that simplicity is sometimes the better option. Thank you for watching our show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow Horror Videos channel, tell your friends who like this sort of content, and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all our latest videos. We're an independent company, and we appreciate all of your support.